I want everyone to feel important. Except you, Glenn Coco. I was just about to say, except you. <laughs> except you. You know who you are. Logan. <clears throat> oh my Logan. gosh. Poor Logan. No, I wasn't recording. Oh, Dang it. Hi, me. Hi, me. <laughs> we, said it, we said it at the same exact time. That was great. Yeah. Listeners, you right. uh, couldn't hear this because Jaime hadn't pressed his record button yet, but Wait, they, no, we did David, say Logan David, David, at the David. same time. David, just splice this in. Okay. Logan. <laughs> okay. I am, I'm definitely going to edit that in back to where it was. Listeners, I'm I will listen to this specific episode, and if it's not edited, <laughs> it, I'm going to be pissed. It's like the tequila song, the way you said it. Yeah. Logan. Tequila. Logan. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Carrie White, and you are listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. Uh, what time is it? in the morning. Alright. I don't know what I'm going to do. How can I keep you safe and be out there? It's an impossible ask. But I guess we'll just have to figure it out then. on misconceptions uh, some startling revelations shook the team to their core namely one revelation uh, about Esther's father Mordecai Black and his sordid history with the mafia where he was the original butcher along with his best friend Javi and their other friend Lena Esther did some digging and some investigating and found out the awful truth about her father. She brought it to her team, and they had to process this information together, but also try to figure out how Morty's life fits in with their own investigation. Uh, With her crew's help, Esther tried to undo the damage that was inflicted by Morty and Lena on Javi's mind, but they were not able to do it completely. But what they were able to do was make Javi mad and drive him to a bar, where they promptly left him to go investigate their own personal threads. Faye did some investigating into the Rat Pack, trying to figure out where these brown-hooded children have gone off to because they have not been seen in a while. Even as uh, Faye, I almost said Tessa, even as Faye investigated a Big Belly Burger that was their uh, hideout, or a place that they went to a lot, uh, the manager said he hasn't seen them in a while. Um, so who knows where the Rat Pack are? Faye certainly doesn't. Esther 
did some digging into her father's black book, trying to compare what she now knew and the letter that her father had written her and this black book of information that Mordecai wrote all this stuff in. And she found this drawing of five circles around a central circle. And she was able to figure out that this circle represents the cabal. There was a circle for Jeremiah from the Golden Flamingo Casino. There was a circle for Dr. Uh, Piotr Jacobi, the mad scientist that was responsible for the animal drug and all the beastmen hybrids. There was a circle for um, Pip Hamill, the uh, current mayor of the city, and also the music man or the gingerbread man. It's hard to know exactly what's going on with Pip Hamill these days, but he's a bad guy. Uh, Also had a circle for Linda Lockwood, and it had a mysterious fifth circle that the crew does not know who this fifth circle belongs to, but it looks like a Viking drinking horn. Uh, And all five of these circles were connected to a central circle uh, that had a familiar design that they had seen uh, throughout their investigation together. It was on the bottle of pills uh, that first night at the warehouse whenever they fought and killed uh, Marcus Malcolm. It is in Esther's journal, drawn a couple of different places. It was on the domino that opened up a portal to the uh, suspicious meeting room with five empty chairs. Um, the symbolists popped up a lot, and they all seem to connect to the central figure. But who that central figure is, is unknown. Uh, and Bill uh, decided to do some work to keep his family safe and uh, looked into getting them some fake IDs so that they could live their lives in peace while Bill tries to save the city. And after doing some of that to make sure that they would have those IDs, Bill returned to the motel where his wife and son are staying, and his wife confessed to him uh, her anxiety about him continuing to do this investigation, continuing to go out on these dangerous excursions every night. Um, And the two of them fell asleep in each other's arms. And um, that is where last episode ended. Where does this episode pick up? Do we meet up at the warehouse like normal, like the next morning, or? I've been in the warehouse Hey guys, <laughs> how's it going? So is, it, so is Esther already there, and then we're like pulling up? Is that what's happening? Yeah, probably. Hey, hey. Morning, Bill. How was your family last night? Um, we're figuring it out. We're trying to, at least. I know the feeling. It's hard to split time. Oh yeah. Any news on? Linda or the Rat Pack? I ran into a lot of dead ends. Um, let's see what Esther found. Open door. The uh. giant warehouse door <laughs> shattered or not shatters. Uh, <laughs> <Hot> again? <laughs> shutters open. <laughs> the beast comes through the wall again. <laughs> um, no, it shutters open. Uh, and. As both of you walk in uh, this morning, uh, where do they find Esther? Um, she is 
slumped over at her little area that she created. Like she fell asleep while working? Like a nest? It might look similar to a nest to some. Mm, interesting. Faye goes over, um, or turns to Bill and says, go ahead and wake up, and goes over to um, make coffee in the very old, like, circular coffee, coffee pot. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't even know. The original coffee pots. Do you mean the like... Do you know that all coffee pots are circular? <laughs> coffee pots? Do you mean like yes. one of the coffee pots like you would see in a diner? Yeah. yeah, but like, you know, it's like one of those like $10 ones from Walmart that... From sure. Malmart. From Yalmart. <laughs> I do like Yalmart. Yes. Let, that <laughs> is it. It is Yalmart. <laughs> Yalmart. Um, that they got... That's like, you know, you would have in the office. I'm sorry. Keurigs. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you call coffee We cannot pots make anymore. this abandoned warehouse more fancy. It already <laughs> has a fully equipped bathroom and shower. You cannot also have a breakfast nook in this empty warehouse. I, we can't have a random coffee maker? Oh, you can have a random coffee maker. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You just can't have a Keurig. Right, yeah, no, that's what I was trying to say. Because they are wasteful. We have a Keurig, and it is surrounded by a breakfast nook. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We have an island with uh, mahogany drawers, brass knobs, and mm-hmm. a marble slate top. Mm-hmm. Um, it matches the backsplash. With teak inlay. With, yes, teak inlay. Yes, very true. No! <laughs> you have a folding chair with a coffee pot on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Faye goes over to calmly make the coffee. <laughs> and the, like... Hey, uh... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to wake Esther up, but... I was just going to talk I about did. the coffee pot. <laughs> just going to describe you it do, in more you detail. Do uh, you do that first. But the, like, uh, familiar, like, of the coffee pot starts. You can feel free to edit that out and add in the sound effect. No, I'm not even going to find a sound effect anymore. I think we have the perfect one. <laughs> Hey, um, Esther, just kind of like nudge her shoulder a little bit. She wakes up with her fists up. Oh, uh, calm down there, tiger. There's coffee. Ooh, when did y'all get here? We've been here for two minutes <laughs> from the breakfast nook <sighs> next to the fancy bathroom. Uh. Mm-hmm. So what'd y'all find? You. (laughs) Mr. Fucks him off. (laughs) (laughs) I found my family and tried to get things smoothed out. How were they? They're uh, pretty good. Still healthy. A little concerned. So we're trying to work through it. Yeah. What about you, Faye? Faye comes back with the three coffees, hands them to um, Bill and Esther. Um, I found a lot and a lot of nothing. Um, basically, not much that we didn't already know or suspect. Um, I went back to the forest and their clearing was still there. Um, 
I then went to Big Belly Burger. I found a receipt there that lots of receipts that had the same kind of order. And so me and Mohammed and Woodard went to Big Belly Burger and ordered that. Um, and they said they hadn't heard that order in a while. But past that, nothing. I mean, the people swore at Big Belly Burger that no one had been in recently and they had no idea why the kids came in and who came and got them. So they were the least bit helpful Big Belly Burger people I have ever talked to. You so say you've talked to more helpful ones? I have, yes. Oh, and then I went to Johnny's house. That's a key piece of information. Um, so I went to Johnny's house and I said hi to him and he said that he hadn't um, heard anything from anyone, heard any music, been pulled back to the Rat Pack, um, and that things were going well for him at home, and he wasn't being hurt anymore. Which is, is good. Um, and it was good to see him. But I don't know. I have, I have nothing. It completely stumped me. Well, I didn't really find anything either. I'm still trying to figure out who the fifth person at the table is. I mean, there's this diagram, but it doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously, the golden flamingo is Jeremiah, and the alchemist flask is Dr. Jacoby, and the flute goes with Pip, and the demon face is Linda. But then I'm really confused about the viking horn and the bird of prey in flight. So, if you know anybody with a viking horn, they're the fifth seat. Viking? Who could... Surely we haven't encountered a Viking. That seems like something we would notice. Yeah. And like, I feel like Vikings are like just kind of warriors. And so I'm trying to think of who we've come across or run into that could possibly fit that description. We also could go back to Paul St. George's. We literally didn't find anything there. I know, but the end of the other episode had, um... Player <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> what do those guys look like who, um, try to take you out when you were flying? They look like Vikings? Do you recall what he was talking about? Vikings? Uh, he is talking about on the day of Faye and Woodard's wedding, uh, mm. at the water treatment plant, you mm. saw three people crawling out from underneath the rubble and running away and you chased after them uh, and one of them jumped into the air and hit you so hard you fell through the roof into their wedding yeah but do I recall what they look like I mean did you, I you do because um, okay. it hasn't been that long ago in game time they looked time. really similar to Vikings they did not <laughs> <laughs> they look like Elmer Fudd really from that What's Opera Doc episode <laughs> just straight up in a Viking armor uh, no uh, they were wearing, uh, I believe they were wearing track suits, um, and I mean, that, I mean, that was it. They were just wearing track suits, and one of them was carrying like a uh, a big gulp, basically, or a big swallow, not a big gulp. What did he hit her with? Uh, his was it fist. a warhammer no. or an axe? <laughs> he hit her with Molnir. Uh, no, he hit her with his fist. But one they of them flew too, right? Nope. Uh, they just ran really fast. Uh, and one of them... Well, not really fast. They ran 
like normal. I realize I shouldn't say really fast because in really fast in the city it's like, um, but no, it was just like they were running like a normal human. One of them picked up one of the uh, rocks that were left and like chunked it at Esther, but she dodged out of the way. Uh, but then they like climbed up on the fire escape and jumped across and punched her in the mouth. Ow. Oh, that's a lot of dedication. Sounds like the ded- dedication of a Viking. I mean, they really just seem like muscle. There was no brains behind any of that. Um, Esther, those guys, you said they crawled out from the rubble or under the water treatment plant? Yep, that's what I said. <laughs> Have we... I mean, besides the wedding... I guess this is a question for the GM. But did we, like, fully investigate the water treatment plant? Why would there be people coming out of it? You have no idea. Uh, whenever Esther told you that people were here, y'all split. When the wedding... When we did the wedding, did we, like, go through the rubble? Or did we just use a space that was... You'll just use y'all, the space. Yeah, okay. you and Woodard found a space and kind of cleared it out and made it nice for okay. y'all's wedding. Well, maybe we need to go back... Should we go back there and look again? Look for what? Clues? Anything? Maybe that's where Lynn yeah. is hiding. I guess. I think it's something. We got We got to do something. Yeah. Let's go check it out. We should grab gas masks before we go. Grab them from where? From this shelf that we have up here. <laughs> Flashback to building a shelf. Oh, yeah, masks. we do have that shelf of gas masks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I do recall. That's if, right. if someone would like to use a flashback to establish y'all somehow getting masks in a way that actually makes sense, y'all can have masks. Um, what about it's 2020 <laughs> and everybody now has no. masks? Because the city is not connected to the rest of the world. Javi's a prepper. <laughs> and he has a bunch of gas masks. It would make sense for somebody to be a prepper, but I think that Javi might like know where some old police equipment was. So, okay. I'll do a flashback. Um, can I, since I'm going to use Javi, I'll add Javi my roll? Yes. Five. A five. Okay. So, um, how does this work? What's going on? So, when we were first going into hiding, um, Javi is a little bit of a prepper because of being an officer and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say that again because I look down. Javi is a prepper because he is was a police officer and so just that kind of thing. Um, so we gathered supplies and that kind of thing. And I thought it was really strange, but we did grab a few gas masks to have um, because we were going to be underground and, and hiding and you don't know what kinds of things you're going to get into. So... Um, and since I was buying into this prepping whatever, I made sure that we had gas masks for the crew 
when and if we got back together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and those have kind of like moved around. It's like the sleeping bag you keep in your trunk for a cold day or something. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and I think, uh, yes, you you did this and you uh, had all this prep work and you had the masks and everything like that. And then you remember it was underneath the bar and that hideout underneath the bar was compromised whenever Ren uh, tried to hack something and he got counterhacked and it alerted the authorities and uh, you know the authorities know where that is and they probably raided everything that was in there. Um, so that is why you don't have access to those gas masks. And since you rolled a five, I'm going to make a hard move on you. And this hard move is... Broken shoulder. <laughs> you break your shoulder. You think so hard that you break your shoulder. No. Uh, your Javi power tag is burned. Um, you and he uh, are on the rocks right now. He is not very happy with you. Um, and so you cannot access him right now until you do something to repair that relationship. So, Javi is burned. I'd like to have a flashback of when Esther was getting really into prepping and then she got me really into prepping. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sorry. Hello, friends, and welcome to the mid-roll section of episode 79 of Misconceptions. I'm your host, David White, and welcome to Martin Luther King Jr. Day in 2021, a day of remembrance and reflection and service, and um, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to get a, a little bit serious real quick. Um, it has been about a week and a half since uh, white terrorists attacked the Capitol. Um, and and I, just, I just wanted to talk to you for a little bit about it. Um, there was a seditious attack on the Capitol, uh, and a, a white mob was spurred on by the dangerous and racist rhetoric of our current president. And um, it, I... I don't know if we as a nation realize how close we were to a bloodbath at the Capitol on January 6th. I mean, these uh, white terrorists showed up with zip ties uh, specifically to abduct members of Congress and weapons, and they were flying racist flags and flags of sedition and terrorism. And it, watching it unfold, on January 6th and the few days after that was so hard for me to watch. But then again, I was watching it from the relative safety of the perspective of a white man in America. Um, I can only imagine the pain that it brought up for people of color, for black people specifically, who had been there almost a year ago 
for a peaceful matter, uh, a peaceful protest uh, for lives. And they were met with aggression and guns and fully armed and fully equipped uh, soldiers. And these white, this, this white mob shows up because they were unhappy with the results, not because something horrendously awful had been happening to their people in America. They show up here and they are able to storm the Capitol, to break inside the Capitol, to do all this damage and walk away with barely a slap on the wrist. It, it, is, it is astounding to me. It was crazy to watch all of this unfold, but I'm not telling you this so that you can hear my perspective on it or my feelings about it, but I think it is very, very important for us right now, uh, especially with Black History Month coming up, especially today on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, uh, I think it is so important for us to acknowledge that racism is not gone in the United States, and that white supremacy is showing its head in ugly ways. And because of that, I think it is so important for us to amplify non-white voices when they speak out against their experiences with racism uh, and with a criminal justice system that does not bring them justice and other programs set up by the government that have been built to keep them down. I think it is important for us to hear their experiences and to amplify their voices. I think it is so important for us to support black creators and creators of color, support their projects monetarily. And if we cannot support their projects to share them publicly, if the attack on the Capitol has taught me anything it has taught me that the United States of America has a long way to go before we can achieve the dream of racial reconciliation and justice and equality that Martin Luther King Jr. died for. Um, I think going into 2021, we must be devoutly anti-racist. In fact, I think that is my New Year's resolution for 2021, to be devoutly anti-racist, to not just be, to not just say, I don't like racism, but to be anti-racism, to be staunchly against it, and to make racists afraid to live in the United States. Um, because racism and white supremacy and white nationalism and Christian nationalism are cancerous diseases in our country, and we have to use every hard edge of our words to surgically cut them out of our lives. And our breath has to become as a high dosage of chemical radiation to burn it away from our purview. Uh, we cannot sit idly by and do nothing and say that we want to keep out of politics. This does not have to do with politics. This has to do with undoing dangerous and backward way of thinking. Um, and in order to do that, we must be proactive. And I hope that you are proactive this year against racism. Um, so those are, those are my thoughts and feelings. 
got a little serious for a little bit, but I think it, I think it needed to be said. Uh, and I, I hope that you will go out and support people of color and black people specifically during this time and in all the times going forward. Um, let's go ahead and do some show notes before we get back to the episode. Uh, I would just like to say thank you to uh, some of the patrons that came back to our Patreon that had left previously but then came back to help us get to $400 a month again so that we can sustainably pay our performers on misconceptions and sins of the father. I had previously said that I would pay them until I had no money left, but now that we're back at the $400 a month goal, I can sustainably do that going forward. Um, And we are trying to get to $500 a month right now. And at the $500 a month level, I will be able to give a pay raise to our editors, to myself for Misconceptions, to Marlo for the amazing work she does on Sins of the Father, and for Tessa and all the hard work she does on SideQuest, our patron-exclusive show. And if you would like to support us monetarily, as I said, we have a Patreon, and I think the best option on our Patreon is really the $5 a month level. Uh, It is not going to break your bank. Uh, It is not a huge hefty sum, but it does really help us out, and it does give you access to some exclusive content. You can listen to the uncut audio from our episodes a full week before the episode is released to the public. You can also listen to our side quest series, our patron-exclusive show, where we feature different systems, different stories, different players. And starting this month, we are releasing a Pokemon-themed adventure set in the D&D system, inspired by the artwork of One Megawatt on Twitter. And I have some amazing role players to help me bring this story to life. I have Draconix, Polish Christy, Red Ray Mage. Uh, they are some awesome, awesome RPG talent, uh, and they did an awesome job bringing this story to life. And uh, you know what? Why don't we listen to a little clip of that show so you can listen to what you're missing over on our side quest series? Enjoy this clip. And when he hears um, his name, kind of like, oh, do you, I'm, I'm very sorry. I know my shit isn't over yet, but can I quickly, can I quickly dip out? Uh, I need to meet the rest of my um, group. Oh, but you don't work the... there! <laughs> yeah, the bare-chested man with the huge hands looks at you and says, You don't even work here, bud. Th- thank you, thank you, thank you. And he's going to take his um, apron off and just hands, hands over and rushes out the door. And just before he like leaves the um, booth, kind of grabs a large um, great club that's like, kind of just resting by the door and grabs it and just rests on his shoulder and like, quickly jogs on over to the rest of them. Sorry I, was, sorry I was late. It got very busy there. I just needed to um, sell a few more customers before we can leave. Isn't Draconic's character j- just heartwarming? Don't you want to give him a hug? He's so sweet. Well, you can listen to Draconix and Polish Christy and Red Ray Mage play the Pokefolk adventure if you pledge $5 a month on our Patreon. And along with listening to the Pokefolk adventure, you can listen to all of our side quest episodes, all of which have amazing stories, amazing casts, all for $5 a month. Thank you to all of our patrons that make it possible for us to continue to make this show at the level of quality that we currently make it. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the episode.
as you load up, I presume in Bill's uh, new whip car, who yes, his new whip who dis, um, we are in the end game of misconceptions. And as such, I'm introducing a new end game move called end game. At the start of every session, uh, one of you will roll 2d6 and will add a relevant status that I will reveal to you um, if it becomes applicable. Um, but I want you to roll 2d6 for me, plus zero for now, because there is no relevant status. But um, somebody just go ahead and roll 2d6 plus zero and tell me what you get. For everybody? Uh, no, just you know, one person of the crew will roll this. What did you roll, Tessa? I rolled a six. You rolled a six. Nothing happens. Okay. Continue. David's coming in hot with all these <laughs> ideas, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not about it. <laughs> what did you right. roll? A six. Oh. So you return to water treatment plant twenty three. Uh, and as you stroll up, you have a mix of emotions, especially for you, Faye. This is where your marriage to Wooder took place. This was where all of you found out Esther wasn't really dead. Um, this is also where you first encountered the wolf and uh, the wizard. Uh, and uh, the wolf used these bombs to collapse the place on top of you. Uh, almost killing all of you beneath its rubble. Uh, and you come to this place to see it in a, uh, again, similar state of disrepair. Uh, the rocks are all tumbled on top of each other. It is left abandoned and destroyed. There is, uh, on the chain link fence that wraps around the perimeter of this area, you see uh, you know, the yellow hazard signs that say condemned, do not enter, trespassers, uh, will be prosecuted, uh, all of this stuff. Um, but you roll up to this abandoned water treatment plant 23. What do you do? We're going to scan it for activity. Um, it says do not enter, so we turn around and go back to yeah. the... <laughs> We're, We're <done>. defeated! <laughs> oh, no. So we jump the fence. We Well, okay, but we're... We're going to drive the perimeter with, what time of day is it? Uh, when are y'all wanting to go? Probably at night. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's night. I want to drive the <laughs> perimeter with no lights on. Okay. Um, why, why are you driving the perimeter? Just to see if there's like anything around. Or, like, anywhere where it looks like it's clearly been, like, broken into or being entered, like, multiple times recently. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think you drive around a little bit and you see a a corner of the fence has been rolled up. And you see kind of a rut in the dirt and grass where someone has come and gone frequently. Esther's going to get out of the car um, and she's like looking to see if there's basically she wants to do a survival check. She's looking to see if there's like footprints and if it's like adult footprints Mm -hmm. or Um, animal footprints. You remember Faye whenever not Faye. You remember Esther when you were chasing uh, 
those three people, they went through here. This is the, one of them held it up while the other two scooted underneath, and then he ducked underneath with them. Uh, so this is that spot where they went through, but if you want to roll your investigate check as well, you may do that. I want to use investigate. Okay. Six. Six. Wow, this is the night of sixes. Night, yeah. Um, this is like every night for Esther. Yeah. So. Uh, Esther, I think you look around this area, but it is so muddied and so trampled, it is impossible to make out any. Uh, significant or noteworthy tracks, especially at night. Um, so yes, you do not find anything. Uh, Bill, Faye, what were you doing while Esther was investigating? I, I think I was like following her. I thought we were going in. Then I don't get back in the car and we go in. <laughs> okay. Y'all peel back the uh, chain link fence. Y'all duck underneath and start sneaking your way back to uh, water treatment plant 23. Uh, much of it is destroyed from the bomb that the wolf used to trap you underneath it. Um, there was a small section that was left uh, that Faye repurposed for the wedding. Um, Esther, do you lead them to where you saw those three figures coming out from? Yes. Okay. Uh, she leads you over to uh, just a pile of rocks amongst a lot of pile of rocks. Um, and Esther, this is where you saw those three come from. And it's just heavy stone slabs with metal rebar picking out of them, uh, and, uh, fractured pipes with sharp, jagged edges. Just a, a mess. But you do not see any sort of ingress. You don't see any door. It's just a pile of rock. I got a rock. <laughs> you sure do, Charlie Brown. I have an idea, but if y'all have different ideas, then, then oh, go with it. We won't know if we have different ideas if we don't know what your idea is. <laughs> we move the rocks. <laughs> okay. Who tries to move the rocks? I try to move the rocks. Bill, you try to grab one of these huge stone slabs to push to the side. This thing weighs nearly a literal ton. It does not budge. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, Faye would like to, um, cause it's like fence and then grass and then building. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Faye is going to sit down on the ground um, and put her hands on the ground close to where Esther saw guys coming out of the building um, or the rubble. And I would like to connect with the grass and have the roots like eyes. Cl I'm imagining like eyes closed, Faye's hands are on the grass and the roots like search for an opening or um, but all, the roots of all of the grass kind of extends underneath the building. Yeah, I like that. Um, 
I won't make you roll for that because I think you you connect with nature, uh, and it has been so long since you have been able to connect with nature and use the powers and majesty of uh, Mother Nature to do your bidding, and you connect with it, and you feel the roots, you feel the blades of grass, leaning and moving like probing fingers connected to your own consciousness. Um, and what you get back is underneath all this rubble is something that goes underneath the building. There is an open space or something under the building. Um, I can't quite tell if it's like where the well would be in an opening or if it's some sort of tunnel. Um... But if we can find a way, either by digging or somehow into this rubble, I think there's something down there. Uh, so should we, like, look around, try to find a way in before we resort to digging? I mean, there's definitely got to be a way in. They're not digging their way in every time. All right. They begin searching with their headlamps. <laughs> Everyone okay. got the comms on? Uh, and you spread out. Um, everybody tell me uh, how you are looking for an entrance. Because once again, this is just a pile of rocks. The only portion that was still standing was that small portion where Faye had her wedding. Um, and I'll say that you, there was an entrance, and then like the wall that would have continued further into the facility was collapsed. I mean, I'm, like, going right back to the spot that, like, I know that I saw them climb out of. Okay. Um, and I'm just, like, feeling around for any, like, false whatever. I don't know what word I'm looking for here, but, like, you know, for like. For sure. Um, I mean. So, you, looking for the entrance, trying to figure out how these people got in here, this stone slab is massive and heavy. But as you keep looking, you see, you like kind of duck down with your headlamp that you have mentioned that you have. Uh, you look at the rocks underneath this heavy stone slab, and you see chipping and wearing. And you see like bits of it has cracked and fallen down as if these rocks have struck together numerous times. The way they are getting in here is by picking up this near-ton slab of rock and going down. They use a Viking to get in. <laughs> They've got some sort of muscle, because they're, like, literally picking up this slab to get in. Hmm. Well, you know, there's... There's usually... Um, one way to get into a water treatment plant... No. And that's through the sewers, right? Let's find the nearest sewer. Oh my gosh, Bill. <laughs> we cut to the three of you stalking through a sewer, your headlamps illuminating the grime and muck and gray-brown water washing beneath your feet, um, making your way back as best you know towards a water treatment plant. Uh, and I think you, 
uh, it gets narrower and you see a uh, like pipe with handholds I guess that goes up above you you grab the handholds you climb up and you get to a grating and one of you you know forces it open and pushes this metal grating off of the pipe uh, and you enter into a room uh, and you three I guess are standing in this uh, pipe opening that goes into the uh, room uh, but you see, just like before, you see a anachronistic stone well in this roughly hewn room. It almost looks like a cavern, if not for the four perfect walls around it. Um, mist is billowing out of this stone well, filling the four corners of the room. And on the other side of the room you see a metal door that leans kind of off its hinges a little with just tendrils of mist drifting out through the uh, crack uh, quickly to dissipate. And you can see those steps that you walked down so long ago. Um, But it is pitch black um, in this room. You see that mist covered well, and you have seen wells like this before. You've seen it here. Faye and Esther saw a similar one in the woods with Lisa. You are the only souls in here. What do you do? Uh, the minute that Faye sees a mist, she, like, pulls her shirt up over her face, mm-hmm. holds her breath, um, and then runs to that door. Does it open? Yeah, it opens. You, like, grab it and just scrape it across the ground, uh, the stone floor open. And then you see, with your headlamp, you look up and you see the steps going up, and they stop abruptly, and you can see the stone slab on top of it. Esther also covered her mouth, like, when they saw the mist or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. she remembered from before, and so she's covering her mouth and nose Mm -hmm. with her shirt. Bill is leaning into the well to breathe it. No, (laughs) (laughs) Bill is also covering his mouth, vampire style. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the three of you step into this room, uh, and the mist kind of starts. It's not like a mist on a dewy morning when you're running through, like a country road. It it seems to be substantial. Like little phantasmal fingers wrap around your ankles and your knees, as this just twisting cylinder of mist kind of goes up your leg and then drifts back down and it's just well, it it is not a normal mist but you know that but I think this is the first time you've ever looked at the mist so it's like holding on to us trying to it, you can to feel us. the tug of the mist on the fabric of your pants but it is not like it's like you are walking through high grass and like the high grass has like burrs in it that kind of grab your leg a little bit but you are able to walk freely you just feel like this thick I don't know this thick literal air around your legs Faye's going to go to the well um 
I guess I could roll an investigate roll for this, um, but I'm imagining that she's like touching every part of the well, looking at it, trying to see if she notices anything different about it or anything that would turn the mist off or if there's like a ladder going down it, like yeah, just yeah. looking for anything out of the ordinary. You you run your hands along this well. It is not perfectly made. It is rough. The stones are uneven. Uh the stones are just cobbled together truly you look for a ladder there is no ladder but you look down and the mist is just billowing up from this bottomless pit this abyss that you cannot see the bottom of you run your hand along there is well let me take that back there are man-made machinations here you see metal pipes trailing out of this well but they uh, seem to have been broken and shattered during the explosion. Um, but you are running your hands along this mist, or along this well, the mist billowing up around your hands and, um, you know, in front of you. And, Faye, for a second, your vision of the room disappears. And it is replaced by this red, jagged, brutal, primal feeling. You feel things being jabbed into. You feel pieces of you being taken from you. You feel yourself being twisted into something you are not. And then you are back in the room. The mist slowly billowing out of the well. Faye staggers back. And like checks herself to see if she's actually been stabbed um, and just has a look of bewilderment on her face or in her eyes. Um, Faye, are you alright? No. uh, I I something's wrong. Something something's evil I I don't I don't know I felt that I had been stabbed but I appear to be fine and she just kind of goes quiet Uh, Bill's curiosity gets the best of him and he like goes over (laughs) and starts messing with the well yeah and as you are Interacting similar with the similarly with the well, running your hands across it, feeling the rough, uh, hewn stones, having this mist just billow up around your forearms. Your vision of the room as it is blinks away, and you get this feeling of um, immensity. You feel your consciousness spreading far. Is the only way your brain knows how to comprehend it, but not just far but in numerous places. You are here, but you are also there. You are now, but you are also then. You feel your consciousness spreading out, and you feel pieces of your consciousness blinking out. Like someone has scooped a hand in and taken that part of your consciousness away. And you flash back to the room as it is right now. So are people... Destroying the wells? 
taking from the wells and piping piping it out I guess she'll walk forward and touch the well okay you walk forward you touch the well just as Bill and Faye have uh, and again your or for the first time uh, your vision of the well now blinks away and you feel uh, this sense of pride of generosity of gift giving you feel the pride and joy of having given given an infinite amount of gifts countless gifts without any expectation for return or repayment and then you feel your gifts being taken from you without any care roughly these gifts that you had intended to give freely are being stripped and taken away from you and some of them are not being given you are being stopped from giving these gifts you cut back to the room what did you say Esther doesn't say anything I think we should um, I think we should head back Let's let's check. Hi, I'm Faye. Let's check the walls first and see if there's anything we're missing, and then get out of here. And Faye starts like running her hand along one of the walls. Uh, yeah, sure. You start running your hands along one of the lo- one of the walls. Um, like I said, it is not a perfect cut. It is rough. Not as rough as the the well. Um. But, like, these are not the cement uh, walls that you would expect to find in a man-made structure. Uh, it just looks like this place was cut out of the earth. Nothing to push against. No, no. secret. Okay. You're right, Bill. Let's go. Actually, I want to try one more thing really quick. Sure. Um, so Bill walks up to the well and says, Why can't you help us to help you? We don't understand. We don't want this city or this mist to be destroyed. Uh, I don't know who's fighting over taking from you I don't know who's trying to stop you but I do know that we want to put an end to this craziness so will you please help us to help you this is so fresh as hell and I'm very excited um because I did not think that anyone would do this um and I have not planned for it. <laughs> so, do you need ooh, a minute? <laughs> no, what I'm just thinking, what do I want you to do? How do I want you to do this thing? This very cool thing. Um, Bill, I want you to roll an investigate move with a power equal to the number of mythos themes you have. You son of a gun. So, how many mythos themes do you have? So please roll and investigate with a plus one. All right. I rolled a nine. 
plus one would be a ten. Okay. So I think your original question was like, uh, why can't you help us help you? Uh, who is doing these things to you? Um, yeah. And I think, so you asked the mist this question, and then your vision is once again taken from you, and you are, uh, you see a wounded deer laying in front of you. It bleats weakly for help. It disappears. You see a man, an older man, sitting in a uh, hospital bed with tubes in his nose, liver spots on his head. He coughs and retches the sickness taking over him. You cut from that. You see uh, this factory with smoke, black smoke, billowing out of it. And you cut from that scene, and you hear this deafening roar. And... You see a blood-red sky and a shape flying in the sky swoops down and you see this slithering serpentine body with wings stretched out to either side and from its mouth comes this plume of noxious gas and it comes towards you and as you feel like this gas is about to take you and kill you and envelop you, you snap back to the room. Well, <laughs> I'm going to try, before I forget, to recount to you what I saw and see if you can help me figure it out, talking to Esther and Faye. Oh. So wounded deer, older man dying in a hospital factory with black smoke a deafening roar and a dragon like creature blowing noxious gas at my face about to kill me so maybe the answer is that the miss is dying I don't I don't exactly know or that it can't disappear until things are safe? Until the deer won't die? Or that it would harm you if it let you try to help? It would be too dangerous for you. Or maybe it's weakened. Like someone's stealing from it? Yeah, I think that someone's definitely stealing from it. But for what? <laughs> um, Faye looks at the top of the well. Um, typically there would be like a bucket and a rope. Is there anything like that? Uh, no, it is. Uh, there's like nothing to draw something out. Okay. We obviously can't see a bottom to it. Is this mm. what's keeping us trapped, though? If we stopped this mist from coming out of the well. If we filled it somehow or covered it, would the city go I'm back just, to normal? I'm just wondering how, like I think about things like uh, oil and water and uh, things that are in the, in the ground, right? Like humans typically dig them out I'm wondering if these wells were 
who was behind digging them. Like if they were already here or if if somebody is using this as like a resource and they're pulling it out of the earth. I don't know. I don't know if this would make any sense, but could I try for a flashback to see if I remember anything that could have referenced a well in my father's journal? Like, because I've been looking through the journal a lot over the past few days, Mm -hmm. and so I'm, like, racking my brain for, like, was there anything that could have been alluding to a well that I just wasn't clicking, and now that I'm here seeing it, it's like, oh, that's what this thing was talking about. Um, So I will... You can use your flashback move to describe events from your character's backstory that become relevant now. So you're saying that something in Morty's book would become relevant now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you one clue uh, that you can ask. What did my father say about the wells? What did your father say about the wells? Um, yeah, so you are kind of taken back to reading the passages of Morty's book and it's just his sloppy notes, like conscious or stream of consciousness kind of writing. It doesn't make sense when you read it uh, just in one sitting, but it is something that you go back to and you can pick out the meaning of what it is. And there was a, uh, a sentence that your father wrote that said, um, the wells are the lifeblood of the city. I think at this point, um, Faye and uh, Bill, that's his name. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they just hear Esther like mumbling under her breath. Um, the wells are the lifeblood of the city. The wells are the lifeblood of the city. Um, just still trying to like, like obviously she's starting to understand what that means, but like just like, trying to like really like I don't know so they just hear her like saying that under her breath repeatedly but is that sustainable I don't know I they've been they've been the lifeblood for how how old is the journal I mean like was there a date on the entry with that sentence no uh I mean you have no idea how old Marty's or Marty Morty's uh, mm-hmm. journal is. They've had to have been this way for a while. I don't know how long. It seems like the cabal is trying to destroy the wells. Maybe Wolfman came. Water treatment plant gets blown up. Maybe they're piping mist into people's drinking water. And the Mafia would have a stake in keeping them around, keeping the status quo, power that be, and packaging and distributing it in different ways. I don't... I think it's... I think it's the opposite. I think we have to destroy them. I think the Cabal is using the mist to control people. To keep them from understanding things. Then why do you think they blew it up? I think they... Weren't they the ones who blew it up? 
Yes, but I think they blew up the treatment plant intentionally so that we wouldn't be able to get back to the mist. But this isn't the only one. It's not. So why just block us from this one? And how are they how are how are we not controlled by them? Aren't we? We've lost our entire lives. But we're still able to fight against it. You remember that the computer was saying Deja would destroy the city as we know it. And if the wells are the lifeline of the city as it is now, uh, maybe... But maybe the city as we know it does need to end. Maybe the as we know it isn't good. Well, there's only one way to find out. Bill tries to use his newly found elemental shifting powers to dismantle the well that's in front of him. Very interesting. Uh, so, Bill, you uh, first of all, what are you? What are you doing? We, your powers are still new to us as an audience. So, what? What exactly are you doing? I'm earthbending. No. Uh, <laughs> so I'm. I've I've practiced the air stuff, and I've seen myself be able to do things with other elements. So I'm kind of focusing on and trying to pull apart this well. Um, based on the fact that it is made up of stones and trying to kind of push myself to do it subconsciously. Okay. Um, And part of your mythos is not just that you bend the elements, but that you harness your own emotions to bend the elements. And to move Earth, um, you must transform anxiety into trust. Uh, how how does Bill do this? Yeah, and if you could just give us some life insight <laughs> If you could tell here. us as players how to transform anxiety into trust, we'd that appreciate that. Solve my dating issues. I think, I think that actually it could, that could be pretty fitting here because um, the mist was always a... I don't want to say... Well, yeah, kind of like an unknown, like... It's just, it just is. Uh, who knows what's going on with it? This is what it does. This is how it interacts with us. Um, so there's there's a level of uncertainty about it and a level of anxiety with what do you do? Like what what are you, right? And my, and my questions to the mist. And then to get a response and to see that the mist is something that is a gift-giving thing that is hurting that needs help um, gives me something to trust, right? Like I wouldn't, I would never say before this revelation, I trust the mist. Uh-huh. It, it wouldn't really make sense. Um, but being able to kind of see into this thing, could it be like manipulating me and like lying to me? Absolutely. But it, it's it's given me something to trust, so. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll a hit with all you've got against the mist. Against the well. Not the mist, the well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to give Bill 
three help points of my four that I have for him. Okay. How are you doing this? Faye tells Esther, get get closer to the sewer. Um, and Faye is going to use her rarely used reduced to nature tag ah. to help Bill kind of like bend the earth, for lack of a better term. Okay. And you're giving him three help points to do it. So, Bill, you currently have hit with all you've got with a plus four. And stay focused. Is what I'll also Oh, okay. In. Oh. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Okay. What did you roll? Snake eyes. Oh, Snake my eyes. God. Okay, so on a hit with I've got with a seven, you get to choose one. Take cover, secure superior position, get them good, uh, control collateral damage, hold the target's attention, or gain the upper hand. Actually, you know what? This is probably a go toe to toe. Yeah, let's do go toe to toe. So achieve your goal, get them good, or block, dot, block dodge, or counter their best attempts. Blog talk. Achieve, <laughs> achieve, achieve. Achieve your goal. Achieve, achieve, achieve. Achieve, achieve, achieve. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Bill. Please describe for us how you uh, seal off this well. I kind of walk up to it, size it up a little bit, breathe in, and put my right hand on it, and then just push down. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of forcing the stones back into the, the hole and um, yeah. watching them kind of crumble. And Bill, you place your hand on it and you start to push down like you are crumpling that can the whole cavern starts to reverberate with the sound of breaking uh, stone and earth. Uh, And as you do this, Bill, like a spectral hand shoots up out of the mist and grabs you by the throat, Bill, and starts to choke you. Faye, I think you see this, and this is at the point where you start to try to reduce to nature. And as you start to reduce to nature, a similar hand shoots out and grabs you by the throat and begins to choke you. The two of you, focusing your powers on the well, manage to crack it, break it, and reduce it into a pile of broken stones. And as you seal off this portal, the mist starts to dissipate. That hand that was wrapped around your throat disappears as well, but not before the two tags that you used to do this are burned. Faye, burn your reduced to nature. Bill, burn your elemental mastery. And as you hear this breaking noise and the rumbling and just the cracking of earth beneath you, there is a stillness finally. And then the three of you hear a voice. What the hell? And you turn and you see three brothers in tracksuits standing in the stairwell leading down into this room. One of them holding a big swallow cup in their hand. And they say, What the hell are you doing to Maul's drink? Get him, boys! End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. We'll be back with our next episode on February 1st. If you have a Facebook and or a Twitter, you can find us on both of those platforms, and you can follow us to get up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and videos. We also have an email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, if you would like to contact us that way. 
We also have a Discord. If you would like to chat with us directly and chat with other friends of the show, please click the link below and join our Discord. This show is wholly supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of backers and support us financially, please click the link below. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. Misconceptions is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. And that is it for this week. Uh, Thank you for listening. Support black voices. Make racists afraid again. And as always, keep it nerdy, y'all. Thank you. While Jaime was doing his monologue talking about his sweet, tender wife, my sweet, tender wife was mouthing the words to High School Musical and doing the I'm dance so routine in her it. chair. You said, How What time I not is it? Know what uh, no, you said, What time is. is it? And I was like, Summertime. It's Time is it? Yeah, so time she was lives. doing the whole dance routine in her chair <laughs> while Bill was doing his monologue. I was looking up cheeseburgers for Gary. Oh my God. <laughs> cheeseburgers? We're coming in with good energy to <laughs> coming episode in hot. 79. Coming in hot.